This is Rachel Joy Barbeau. As part of the launch for my new book, Relentless Joy, that's due out June 20th, my friends got together and created a book launch team. Y'all, I am so blessed. So very blessed. In that group, they're getting some behind-the-scenes details from the book, and we've been discussing the book together each week. I wanted to share some of those stories with you. So over the next few weeks, you're going to get bonus podcasts that contain short stories and lessons from our discussions. You're going to hear Natasha Garrett, who's our book launch captain and also serves, and I'm changing the narrative, and you'll hear from me and maybe some others. I hope this gets you excited about the book. Pre-order details are in the show notes, and I got to tell you, as a first-time published author, pre-orders are everything. Please go grab a copy for you and for others. Love you guys. You were talking about your mom and your relationship with your mom and how you were really tight with your grandma and you weren't as tight with your mom as we would think now that we hear the way that you talk about her, but y'all were blessed to really connect. And so I just wanted to hear you talk. A lot of times pride gets in the way or a lot of times people just say, well, it's been this long and it hasn't worked out. I forget it, you know? So that's one of the things that I want to ask you to share with everyone is how did you get past that? And how did you, how did your mom get past that? You know, let me say this before I say what I'm going to say and answer that question. At the very beginning of this book, I said, this is for anybody who's been church hurt, doesn't know God, believes something different, far from God, backslidden, whatever, like wherever you're on the spectrum. At the very end of this book, I just want you to believe that this Jesus was a really rad dude at the very least and be curious about him and maybe see him in a new light. So with that being said, how did I do it? Only God. How did my mom do it? Only my mom, I said in there, I think one of the lines was my mom was like this beautiful, exotic, wounded bird. You know, my mom's father was an alcoholic. Another backstory. My, this is insane. My mother's father died in a plane crash when she was 13 and she was supposed to be on that plane with him, but she was late getting home from a sleepover. So obviously there would never be a me and my mom's life would have ended at 13 had she got on that plane. And you just think about that. And so she grew up and my mom is a lover, but she had daddy issues. I had daddy issues. A lot of us have parent issues, be it mommy issues or daddy issues. Let's be real. And I just told somebody today in a live, Natasha and everybody's listening. And later on, all we are is little us walking around, little us wanting to be loved, protected, valued, seen, you know, affirmed, all of that. So she she had some codependency stuff and worked through that and grew through that. And then I gravitated towards my grandmother. And I look back at a lot of my stuff. It's like, I love my mom. It just wasn't that I love my mom. I just wasn't like, like that quintessential mother-daughter relationship, Natasha. And then when my grandmother passed away, she gave us the greatest gift of my life. And that was that then my mom became my person, right? Like my mom. And, and again, I loved her. We loved each other. It just wasn't that like a soulmate kind of love that my grandmother and I had until she passed away. And I truly believe from heaven, that's the gift that she gave us. The name of the chapter is don't look away. And if I could say one thing about this chapter, it is that life is hard. Relationships are hard. The world tells you to do for yourself, 
make yourself happy, do the easy thing. And, and it's all about you, baby. And the best, strongest relationships I've ever seen, they don't look away. And it would have been easy for me when my mom passed, it would have been easy for me to just to say, I can't do this. I can't, I can't be here. I can't do this. I'm just going to stay in Nashville. I'll be there for the, I'll be there for the funeral. And I know this is a hard conversation. I'm just going to be honest, but I I felt like she brought me into this world and I wanted to be there when she left this world. And I'm going to tell you one little backstory of this chapter. And there are other wonderful, happier moments. Like Natasha said, there's joy in all of this, but my mother did not want hospice. She did not want hospice. It, for whatever reason, she had bad some of the bad thoughts on hospice that some people have that they kind of help you go faster, right? And so she had that idea about hospice with my grandmother. So she did not want hospice. And we tried to explain to her, my husband's mom is a hospice nurse, former, hey, no, it can make it easier and medications and this and that. We could just help you. Nope, she didn't want it. And 24 hours before she passed away, she got very, very bad and said, we, I need to go to the hospital. And they basically said, we're going to send you home and we don't know how long it'll be. And they tried to give her morphine before she, before we left. And she was just out of it. And she tried and tried and tried. And I'll never name where we were. I'll never name it. So this person can't be known. But the nurse turned around to me and said, and gave me like a a look and looked down and put the morphine pill into my hand because my mother would not take it. And this lady could have gotten fired for that. What she was trying to do was she said, you're going to get home. You're going to need this and take it. And so I took it. We go home and 24 hours later, and I know this is hard for some people that have, that have had recent losses on this call right now, but it was time. It was time for her to go home. At that time, I was like, heck, no matter what she wants, I think we need this. I think we we didn't know how long it was going to be. So I call, I call, I call. A lady comes out and she says, this is the beautiful part. This is the joy. She said, your mother is very close to leaving this planet. And just like God created the, the human body little by little, and he ginned it up, you know, and he created it and he started it up. She said, he does the same thing when it's when you're passing like this in this way and you slowly go. And she said, I'm not going to I'm not going to check you into hospice. I'm not going to officially sign any paperwork. But would you like me to stay with you while this happens? And we were like beside ourselves, like, thank you. Thank you. Right. And so she sat there and explained to us what was happening. And she said to me, the hearing is the last thing to go. And so I got in bed with with my mom and I told her that it was okay to go. And y'all, one big, beautiful tear rolled down her face, even though she was not conscious, even though she was not with us. And she was gone um, just a few minutes later. And so um, I don't want to stay on this topic because I know it's hard for a lot of people, um, but I do just need to drive home the point that... If I just said it was too complicated with my mom, if I had had a hard heart, if I was bitter, if I was unwilling to forgive her or forgive myself or move forward, I would have missed the, that beautiful moment. I would have missed the send off for my mommy. So I'm begging you, if you watch this later on, I'm begging you not to look away. 
because life is going to get hard and people are people are hard and relationships are hard and y'all we're all we're all screwed up. Every one of us are screwed up in our own way. It's just who are you willing to stay for? And this world, this world, my gracious, is just a throwaway world, meaning we're promoting just throwing things away, throwing away people, throwing away relationships, throwing away opportunities because it doesn't serve us and it don't feel good. And you know what? There's a lot of times in my life where things didn't feel good, but you just stick it out. You stick it out. And and none of this beauty would have been possible if I wasn't willing to go there. Now, all that being said, you need to also take that in the, in the sense of saying you have some boundaries. If you know it doesn't work for you and you you know, that's all said with the with the understanding that you have boundaries. I am not asking you to keep sticking your head in somewhere um that is not healthy for you, but maybe stay open to reconciliation if you see true change, if you see somebody change, if you see somebody put in the work, if you see somebody go to therapy or do the work to heal themselves or, you know, start whatever it is. So, um, and Jackie said, what an amazing daughter you are, my sweet friend. Thank you, Jackie. Yeah, I was very blessed. I was very blessed. And I don't know, I just, I just don't want people to look away, you know, um, I, this doesn't equate at all, but I heard this a long time ago and it was a vet that said, you know, you wouldn't imagine the amount of people that come when their when their pets are going to, to go to cross the rainbow bridge and they say, I can't, I just can't. And I'm like, you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta be the last thing they see. And so if you have that opportunity with a loved one to be there. I talk about it later on in the book. I talk about this just in general. You can write a letter. You can talk to God. You can write a letter. You can make amends. You can do those things, whether somebody is living or, or past. I just picked that up because I study people in you that there's some, and I talk about it in the book later on in the book. And we'll talk about this in coming weeks about regret. Regret is the nastiest bedfellow and it is the most avoidable emotion in our lives, like that we we don't have, you know, we don't have to regret. And I don't care if the person and how do I know this is because I did an article for a magazine that went into prisons. And she asked me specifically, what do you do? Tell a person that is in prison and the person they need to ask for forgiveness, they either murdered or their next of kin won't listen or something's happened or something in their family has passed. Just going back to another quote in the book, it, it just shows that it's it's not necessarily in that moment, like in the final moment. I was happy to use that as an example, right, Natasha? Yeah, That's yeah, what I wrote like, about, but it's, yes. Well, one of the things you said was you were talking about how you, like, we all in the end, we need closure or we want some sort of like, we want to wrap it up in a pretty little bow, even though it's not pretty and there's no bow. Like, and so you kept wanting to have, you were talking about, you kept wanting to have this conversation with your mom about the end and when she passes and, and then finally they're like, okay, but hold on. Does your mom think she's going to survive this? Okay. And so one of the quotes that I wrote down was, Okay, so if she believes she's going to be healed, give her the greatest gift and believe with her. And what I took from that is just like, let her live while she's alive, you know, and and those are the moments where you don't look away. Those are the moments where you tell each other how much you mean to each other and you spend the time and you do the things, you know, I want to keep going. But I have to say, you just brought up that was Leah. 
That was the tea owner. That was yeah. the tea shop. That was Leah that said that. So when I'm going to share it in the, I'll share it in all the channels and with you guys and email, but the ability to be able to get that tea. And even Madeline said, I'm a tea snob. I'm like, you got to get this tea. <laughs> when you buy this tea, know that Leah was the one that I sat down and I, I told her, I walked in. If you haven't read this chapter yet, I walked in and I told her what was happening. And I said, but I need to talk to her about it. I need to talk about her passing. And, and my mom had told me, stop doing that to me. Every time you get on the phone with me, you do that with me. And I don't like it. It makes me depressed. And I told Leah that. And she said exactly what Natasha said. If she believes, give her the greatest gift and believe with her. And y'all, I walked out of that tea shop a different woman than I walked in. And from that point forward to the last week, pretty much, my mom and I lived. We danced. We laughed. We believed. We talked. We planned. We did all the things. And so, yeah, that was, um, that was Leah. 